Hi, and welcome to Mavericks Unlimited Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Saroy, and this is the place to be to get unstuck, unleash your superpowers, and create a world that works for all. On this podcast, we speak to Mavericks who inspire us, to get the insight and wisdom from their story, to give you the clarity, confidence, and courage that you need to make your mark on the world. This week, our special guest is Claude Silver, the Chief Heart Officer of VaynerMedia and close colleague of Gary Vaynerchuk. Claude loves creating spaces where people thrive and has a passion for facilitating growth and change in people, teams and organisations. Claude is really one of the most enlightening, inspiring and authentic people that I've ever met and she really is the perfect person to be leading VaynerMedia's People First ethos. She really does walk her talk and she leads from her heart. I love all our podcast guests. This interview stands out for me as being one of the most enjoyable that I've ever done. So with that, let's get to it. So hi Mavericks, it's Chris here with the Mavericks podcast and today we have a great guest. We have Claude Silver, who is the Chief Heart Officer at VaynerMedia. But more than that, I'm discovering in our first conversation that she is just a, a soul sister. So hi Claude, how are you doing today? I'm great. It's amazing to meet you. It's thank amazing you. to meet you as well. And thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, I'm just hoping as soon as we turn the microphone on, it suddenly gets a little bit more formal. I know. It's always fun, isn't it? <laughs> and we're also sat here with a pair of hand, ha, handheld mics, so I always believe in just doing it organically. Let's do it. So, okay. So, Claude, what does, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, you're here, you're the Chief Heart Officer of VaynerMedia. What's been your journey? How did you get here? Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, thank you again for having me. Oh, um, my pleasure. Uh, I am here here at VaynerMedia because I met an incredible person named Gary Vaynerchuk uh, four years ago. I was living in London, and I knew I just needed to be around this person. There was so much for me to learn uh, from him and really just jam with him. And so I I moved to New York and have been with VaynerMedia for three and a half years. So I credit being here to Gary. Okay. And my journey here has incredible twists and turns. Um, I've always been um, intuitive, and I've always been someone that could feel uh, much more than I was thinking. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, much heart-centric, right brain-centric. And um, as, you know, my parents were always saying, you think too much with your heart. <laughs> what they really should have said is that you feel too much with your heart. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, and so uh, because that that's who I am, uh, I did a, a massive journey into the exploration of human behavior and what makes us tick, mm. um, the why behind the why. Oh, I love that. Totally get it. Uh, yeah. But for those people that don't know what that is. The why behind the why. Tell us what, what do you mean by the why behind the why. So I mean... Um, the collective consciousness and the collective unconsciousness. I think that there, are, we are here, we are human beings, and we are breathing on this planet. I am looking at you and your physical manifestation of this of this man in front of me. Mm-hmm. But you're more than that, right? You know, you have not only do you carry personality and feeling, you also carry something very special inside of you, which is called your light, right? And I believe the light or the source or the spirit inside you is actually what is guiding you that's the why behind the why i love it i love it and let me tell you mavericks this is not the average interview i have with a with a a a, a level person in an organization which is why i'm loving this yeah. so please carry on so um so yeah so did a lot of spiritual sink see, uh, spiritual seeking and uh educated myself 
um, in um, shamanism and clairvoyancy and right. intuitive studies, as we were just chatting about, um, because I believe that's where our gifts lie. Mm. In the unseen, and that's what I mean, the why behind the why. I do think it is one of our challenges and our journeys in life to break out of the facade that we have yep. and to let that light shine. Because I think that's the truth. I think yeah, that's where the yeah, truth yeah. is. And so taking coming back into a real conversation with you, because I could go on this tangent, I think about purpose quite a bit. And I think yep. about man's search for meeting. Um, right, and right, that right. incredible, incredible book. Uh, God, yeah, and I do think that our light is um, always shining and it is something that is guiding us towards our greater purpose. Mm. And sometimes that purpose, by the way, could just be, I want to write, I want to write music or I want to write incredible right. copy for advertisements. But there's a greater purpose behind that. So my purpose has always been to facilitate growth and change and to be of joyful service. Mm -hmm. And I happen to find myself in the world of advertising rather than uh, sitting in, a, in psychotherapy and being a psychotherapist. Right, 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 right. And I started in 1998 in this world of digital. Uh, mm -hmm. I was living in San Francisco doing all this studying. And the journey began in this entirely different way, which was a very tangible way, mm. creating content online, okay. coming up with strategies to sell product online, yep. things that were so far, far away from where I thought I would be. Right. Right. Um, but I was I was really grateful um, and gifted with the the great belief in human beings and the great belief in mm. teams. And so my journey has taken me uh, into managing very large teams globally. Yep. And, yep, yep. and uh, that then, if I, if I cut to the chase at the end of 2018, 2017, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Each projection. Yeah, right. Um, I, I work for 800 people. That's the team I work for. So that's how we've manifested. And I, I skipped all the bits and bobs in there, but you can get an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that's wonderful. What I love about that is I love both that you say you work for them, that kind of servant leadership thing. You know, and that is, that's it, right? That's we, it, man. We get served kind of thing. Big um, time. Big time servant leader. Big time right. uh, Simon Sinek fan. Yep. Le leaders eat last. And um, an empathetic leader as well, because I, I truly believe that leadership is a choice. And I truly believe that leaders need to deploy empathy in order to feel the people around them. Otherwise, they're just driving driving a ship without any lights on. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. Um, I mean, talking of empathy, um, we did a, a podcast uh, back in February with a woman called Jo Berry, who her message is empathy. She, her, she was um, the daughter of a conservative member of parliament who was killed in a and a bombing in mm. Brighton in 1986. And um, she met the guy who was the bomber. And her whole message and the whole journey of transformation was about empathy. So I totally hear what you're saying. And actually, it's a I mean, huge if, if chills aren't showing on my body, there that is, that is incredible to be able to have that type of forgiveness, that level of humanity with another human being that has, in fact, 
destroyed part of your life. That is yeah. incredible. I'd love to meet her. They actually go around the world now, kind yeah. of doing peace training and public transformation based on that. That's what we need. I mean, we need a revolution of tenderness here. That's that's it. We need a revolution of kindness and a revolution of tenderness. So I'm I'm all aboard. I, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. Um, <laughs> we, I don't know if we'll get to these questions. <laughs> no, I don't. It's like that we've got these questions, Mavericks, and I'm not sure we're going to get to them. But um, so clearly this has been something that's grown through you as, as you think. Who have been like the influences along the way, as it were? Because we don't do this journey alone, do we? No. So uh, my nana who uh, passed away in January of 17 at 101 years old, wow. was my biggest influencer. And um, we called each other heart. We barely used each other's names. I barely called her Nana. I called her heart. And she called me heart. Wow. And um, I, I definitely carry the torch every day for her because of her. And she worked... Uh, up until she was 85, and then she volunteered at a hospital until she was 99 years oh, old. Oh, my God. And her job at the hospital was to sprinkle tenderness, magic dust, kindness, and love on every single person she encountered. That's what her job was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not what they told her her job was. No, absolutely. But she, um, she really she emotionally raised me. My parents did a phenomenal job, too, and have always been champions. Sure, sure. But she and I had a very, very special relationship. So um, I think the, altruis the altruism um, really, she taught me a great deal about being of service and, um, and being joyful about being of service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So she's been, um, uh, she was an incredible influence and still with me uh, every single day. Mm. Um, there, are, there are larger influencers such as the Dalai Lama, Yep. Um, that I, I follow and, and truly, truly believe in. I think that um, the work of Byron Katie is exceptional. Absolutely. Um, Tara Brock, uh, who is a Buddhist psychologist. I love Tara Brock. Right. I mean, just speaks to me daily. Yeah. Um, Radical acceptance was a life changer mm, for me. Life changer. I was listening to one of her um, YouTube videos as I was getting dressed in the hotel this morning. Oh, I mean, really? it's just, you just have to. Totally. totally. So, um, so a lot of different, a lot of, different influencers, uh, some that I know, some that I don't know, but I really try to take the gifts. I try to take gifts uh, from everyone I meet because I think that everyone has something to teach me. Right, right. And I think that so often, isn't it, we, we kind of look at people, even the people that we kind of don't like or that have crossed us or whatever, and I think very often there are actually our biggest teachers um, just because... That's the, the stimulus to grow, right? Right. Um, Have you heard that saying, spot it, you got it? No. Okay. So spot it, you got it is usually when you see something in another person that either you love or you loathe, usually you can identify right. with it. How can I? How do I know that I don't like that quality in that person there? Oh, I probably have some of it. How, do right. I, how am I so familiar with it? I, I'm in touch with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's such a good reflection of what I like and what I'd like to change in yeah, myself. Yeah. And, I mean, we're always metamorphosizing. <laughs> Absolutely true. Absolutely true. So, uh, I, I, <laughs> so I'm dumbfounded because I'm loving where, we, where we're going. So let, let, let's bring this into your, your current kind of current iteration. Yep. So you're the Chief Heart Officer at VaynerMedia. Um, other places have, you know, like a, a, 
the VP of HR or that kind of thing. Clearly, this is a very different mission, as it were. So tell us about what you're up to and what you're, what you're playing with here at Vayner. Yeah, well, it's a very different mission because Gary is a very different CEO. I think that's probably very true. Bingo. So Gary is, is a very heart-driven person and an optimist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he thrives on positivity. I don't think he knows anything other than to see good. And um, his mission is to create you know, the best human organism, which is a, hum- a living, breathing agency ever. Um, and he and I both have an, an enormous belief in people, an enormous belief in the power of yes. So um, my remit is to do one thing, and that is to scale him. How do I scale what seems like the unscalable? Uh, and that is, and that is really by infusing the agency with as much en- empathy as I can, right? Um, and as much yes, and as much tenderness, and as much can do, mm-hmm. will do. Let's find a way to get you to do, if that makes sense. That, absolutely, it makes yeah. complete sense. So that's my that's my job, and that means I need to touch every single person, and I need to spend time with every single person, I need to hold space and listen mm. to what's going on. That's the deal. Right. And, um, and in those conversations, listen for patterns and listen for and collect data and information and see where their roadblocks are, help them remove their roadblocks so that the next time around they'll remove their own roadblocks right. and then scale me. Love that. Right? Love that. Yeah, right. right it's right. like a domino effect. Um, so a lot of what I'm doing is exactly that, spending time with people, holding space, doing a lot of one-on-one and a lot of one-on-one coaching, town halls where we talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and, uh, right. and man's search for meaning, although um, uh, from, by Viktor Frankl, but uh, although they might not know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and they will eventually. <laughs> yeah, they will. And, uh, you know, Gary calls VaynerMedia the, the honey empire. Not the empire of honey and not empire honey. It's honey empire. Empathy, self-awareness, gratitude, kindness first. People first, then the success comes, the empire, the client success, the the revenue success, the growth success. And so, um, and and that's what I do. My job is to scale Gary. I love that. I love that. And as you say, but... How unusual and how amazing to have a visionary CEO to work with who who champions that. It's un- unbelievable, and it's unbelievable, really. It is, um, and and he came up with the title Chief Heart Officer, which heart is at the center. Heart heart to him is HR. I don't actually use the term HR. I renamed the department People and Experience. Right. Um, because we're dealing with people and their experience at VaynerMedia and beyond, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. beyond. Uh, so we deal with, you know, I have a team of, of recruiters and talent people and a team of HR generalists and um, benefits and payroll and, and all of that stuff yeah, that yeah. is incredibly needed in a people organization. Um, and we do things a little differently. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting that. Yeah. I'm getting that. So given that you've got that kind of, infrastructure you know because that's we haven't come across an iteration of an organization that kind of i don't know it's completely re- revolutionary yet 
method, although there are some people trying to do that, obviously. Um, what kind of things are you, like, kind of, I don't want to say policies, but strategies or people-focused activities are you doing to kind of bring this empathy and kindness and yeah. all those things to life? So first and foremost, we lead by example and uh, and do our best to be um, a spirit of inspiration everywhere we can. So we need to walk the walk, right? you know, right. Uh, teaching people how to walk the walk and how to um, deploy positivity and let cynicism go is a ongoing journey. Always. You you know I mean positivity unfortunately in some in some cases in some ways isn't as loud as negativity and so we got to flip the switch on that. Um, so one of the things that we're doing right now is rolling out radical candor feedback training. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, which is super helpful when you break down how to give feedback to another person, another human being, mm. how not to coddle and how not to be a disciplinarian and, and um, hypercritical, but where is the balance? Yeah. How to be clear, concise, and make feedback actionable is that's a big journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're doing that now. Great. And in that, you learn self-awareness because you have to look at yourself and how you are delivering a message and right. put yourself in that other person's shoes to have empathy on how they might hear the message. So that's an example of one of the strategies we're, we're deploying right now um, across the board. So I'll do the training here in London on Monday, and we've done it in Los Angeles and Chattanooga and all over New York. And awesome. so, so rolling things out like that take a little bit of time. But yeah, once you get it in the water, then it's, it's digestible. Because yeah. it's again, it's that knock-on effect. Absolutely. And what I love about that is and the, the concept of radical candor is, as you say, it's that you know. I think big words like empathy are kind of you know that that's the honey for us, as it were. But for those people that are out there, you know, people who might be a strategist or a, I don't know, a developer, or whatever, and they're trying to think about what is this, and I'm making a gross generalization there. When you get into that kind of thing, and it's like literally you have to put yourself in someone else's shoes to think, okay, how do I deliver this message? How have I been received? That is practical empathy. That, that exact, it's applied empathy. And yeah, so always thinking about how is another person going to hear the message, whatever it is? Because look, humans are humans. We have fears and anxieties and uh, power struggles, and we have. Uh, joy and ease and happiness. I mean, it's a balance every single... We're humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so yeah. I need to make sure, we need to make sure that when we say something, it's not going to create some kind of criticism or self, self-loathing self inside someone else. And if it does, that's where we need to spend more time digging in, you know, the why. Why did that person hear the message this way? Sure. What have we done or not done with that person that they've gone to that place mm. of you know, spinning out. And, you know, one of the things I talk a lot about is the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's alive and well. But say more about that. Cause yeah. So the imposter syndrome is, um, is, is going around life thinking that you're a fraud. You know, getting into this job and thinking, when are they going to find me out that I don't have any HR background? I don't. I was a strategist for years and years and years. You know? Yeah, so yeah. the, um, that... Uh, that imposter syndrome, it, it depletes us. We are constantly 
self-critical and thinking uh, who's behind me, who's going to find me out, and when when is the uh, uh, the joke going to be on me? Right. You know. Right. Right. And right. so, how do we counteract something as powerful as self-criticism? How I mean, that is that right That's there. Huge. Right. Right. Absolutely. And so that means we need to have the right managers in place. Yep. Who can help someone rewind the tape, if you will, mm-hmm. or reverse engineer the thought. Yep. 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 Um, and we need to have a great leadership team who is able to hold steady. Uh, so we need to have the right people in place and, and hopefully the right tools, whether or not those are tools that someone has intrinsically inside of them or they're tools that we've given them in a training to just help their people pop out and be the best, their best selves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Love that. Yeah. Love that. Because at, at the end of the day, I mean, this is a job. This is a, this is a company. We have targets to hit. Right. And, uh, and so we're teaching hard skills, but we're also teaching life skills here. Yes. Big time. Absolutely. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, we are complete human beings, aren't we? We don't, we're not a different person at home to who we are at work. A lot of people think like that they are actually, but I think actually when you look at it, people are actually pretty similar at home and at work. Yeah. Behaviors might modify, but um, <laughs> so many directions I could go in here. Um, let's bring it back to you, um, because obviously you're being a, le- a living, breathing example of this. That's why I'm going to say. What do you do on a daily basis, kind of in terms of? practices or routines or whatever else, kind of keep yourself in that place of walking the talk. Yeah. Um, so I need a lot of space. And what I mean by space is I either need enough space in my home to, and that could be, by the way, four by four, it could just be a little place on the sofa that is mine that I can just kind of root in yep. and put my headphones on and zone out. Um, or I need the sense of expansiveness, right. meaning um, I'm fortunate to sit in a room now in New York on the 25th floor that looks directly out on the Hudson River and the wow. Statue of Liberty. And that sense of uh, breath yes. really, really helps me. Um, in Northern California, as you, I mean, you know this, as you cross mm-hmm. the Golden Gate Bridge and you turn left into the Marin Headlands, and you take a hike, and all of a sudden you are at the edge of the world looking at the Pacific Ocean, right? Right, totally. That's in me every single day. That's yeah. the thought I have. When I can't find that space, that's where I go. Wow. So it's very medit- meditative um, to me. You sort of just took my breath away, actually, because you just conjured the picture for me of your woods or going up to um, Point Reyes or whatever. Right. You know it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know oh, it. I haven't thought about it for ages. Yeah, but, um, it's a wow. it's a good thought. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. Great thought. I know. High five. Absolutely. So so um, I need to exercise and sweat. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of Soul Cycle. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, or I do some yoga. Oh. Trying to get into more and more into yoga, and and you know what I'm trying to do with yoga is uh as is, is turn off the um, the uh, self criticism. Right. And just be. Right, right, right. Just right, right. be where I am because let me tell you, uh, at 48 years old, I'm not half as limber as I used to be. So. <laughs> I'm 45, so I'm not far behind there you on go. that one. I'm yeah. definitely not that limber. But it gets better, doesn't it? Yeah, oh my God, I doesn't mean, it, Jess? It really does, yeah. Absolutely. I think that's one of the things I, uh, I've loved about you know, what Gary's been saying. 
kind of over the last couple of years about, you know, just because you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, I mean, there are reasons why, you know, kind of tribal cultures revere, revere these ages as this is when you become a true adult, right? Yeah, and you have experience under your belt. Right. And and you know what to do, you know, when the lions and tigers are chasing you. Yeah, completely. You know, you so this message that Gary's been giving out about you're in your 40s, 50s, these are your best years, don't give up. Right. Amazing. Right, totally. Great stuff. Um, yeah. And so the other things I do are um, I do some meditation in the evenings. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I listen to music. I really, you know, on my seven-minute walk to work, I might jam out to some trance or some cure or uh, what have I been listening to? Yaz lately. You know, really? I'm a, you know, I'm an 80s girl. Yay! Yeah, totally. Strangely enough, we had some Yazoo playing in the office yesterday, so. Oh, uh, yeah, you call them Yazoo. We call them Yazoo, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I, believe me, when I moved to America and I started talking about bands and people were like, who? Who? Right. And it's <laughs> right. like Alison Moyet. She's the best. Yeah, totally. Um, and, and I really do listen to a lot of podcasts and Tara Brock is one of those podcasts that I have in my ears a lot. I also have 10% Happier, um, mm -hmm. uh, Guru Singh. I mean, I listen to a whole, a whole slew of uh, leaders that I would consider teachers. Right. And that gets me in a space to walk into work and to go and do. Mm. It's literally all about that state and feeding that yeah. positive. Well, it's more than feeding positivity, isn't it? It's feeding the... It's feeding the light inside me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's literally putting uh, fuel on the flame inside of me and so that I can bring that out in people. Yeah. You know, I mean, what else am I doing? What, that's my purpose. So why wouldn't I... That's the only way I know how to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know? I love that. But I, I also love that it's, you know, because across my, my journey, I come across a lot of people who think in a similar kind of way. But, you know, like myself included, we modify the language or that kind of stuff. And it's so refreshing to be sat here having this conversation with someone who's the, you know, the... The, the chief of people, as it were, the chief of heart yeah. in an organization. Yeah, well, we were meant to meet, and totally. You know, you you schlepped up from Brighton today, and I'm glad. I'm glad you schlepped over from New York, so <laughs> <laughs> almost the same. So, so, so let, let's kind of you know looking back in, in, into your journey, as it were. Um, clearly, um, you know there have been highs and lows, and all that, as there always are. What's kind of maybe what's one of the biggest obstacles that you've kind of faced on this kind of journey? Remember when I said, um, spot it, you got it? Yeah. So imposter syndrome mm. is something that has uh, been a challenge to me in my life, and really more so, I can say, in my late 30s, early 40s. Right. Um, so because my education has been, um, I've taken the road less traveled, mm -hmm. and because I chose to leave university after my sophomore year and go and do Outward Bound and Landmark Forum and then come back to university, yep. I'm in many ways self-taught. Mm. And when you then go into a professional setting, yep. I think sometimes we all feel like we need to prove ourselves or scientifically prove ourselves or prescriptively prove ourselves. And, right. Um, and that's, that was my own interpretation of what I needed to do. And, you know, somehow I, I got to where I was, so something must have yeah. worked. And um, the, 
you know, the people that hired me and the people that um, wanted to work with me, obviously and fortunately, liked what they saw. But I'm, we're sitting next to each other. I mean, I, I speak differently. I speak metaphorically and with imagery, imagery, and I don't have a master's or a PhD, as it were, when you get it from a from a accreditation from yeah, a, a sure, university. Sure, sure. But I have it from life, and so right. I think that in itself um, has had been a journey for me to accept the way I got here, mm-hmm. wherever here was. Right, right, right. And carry on. So the carry on portion has been the gift of that imposter syndrome. When I finally was able to say, oh, you're going to sit in the back. You sit in the back today, Claude, at seven years old. Right, you right, know, right, and, right, and right. You know, telling those wild things to just calm down. Absolutely. You're not going to get food today. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so the imposter syndrome, I would say, uh, has been something that I've, I've worked, uh, worked with. And, and, um, and so that's why I can easily spot it in someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally understand that. Yeah. We actually, um, we, we, our kind of name at Mavericks for it is the inner rascal. And the reason <laughs> why we've gone for the rascal is because it is one of those things. When you spot it and you start to work with it, it's so debilitating before, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But then it sort of diminishes as you start to spot it. Right. Um, that, that's exactly right. I, I'm going to take that inner rascal. I really am. It, that's it a good one. It makes me smile. I'm glad it made you smile as well. Yes. Yeah. It makes, makes us smile. It's really great. You know, one of the things I did uh, in 2000, so right after 9-11 uh, in San Francisco, most of us were laid off that worked at um, small agencies. And so yeah. I was laid off. Uh, and my friend and I... Um, started an outdoor adventure company for women uh, and where I uh, I literally taught surfing 245 days a year in the Pacific. Cold yeah, Pacific. Oh my god, that must be freezing. Right? Yeah, I had that killer tan from the neck up and <laughs> wrist down, um, taught rock climbing and um, mountaineering and, and taught tennis and all of those things. But the, the point of the story is to teach is a massive gift mm. and to be a champion for other people is a massive, massive gift. And it's one that I, I gosh, I hope, I hope, I hope I do until I'm 101 years old, Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, yeah, yeah. pushing people in the water and watching them stand up. I mean, pushing all sorts of people and all different sizes in the water. Oh, that must be amazing. Yeah. It's amazing to see someone conquer their fears. And I know because I've been there, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. And how inc- incredible that is for me when I'm able to conquer something. And whether or not that's a yoga pose or uh, 15 minutes of meditation, mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter. No, absolutely. So talking of such stuff, what's the, um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I would say there's two things that I've been given. One is very, very, very tactical, um, which was... Anytime I receive an email that I feel like charging at, to step away for three minutes. Right. And then come back to it. <laughs> so not Can respond. we all learn from that one? Yeah. yeah. That's the, that is a, a very tactical piece of experience, uh, a lesson I've um, been given. And the other one uh, was from my Nana, which is almost every decision can be undone. Mm. And almost every decision can be undone that piece of advice told me that it's okay it's okay don't put so much pressure on yourself right it's okay yeah 
and and by releasing the valve and not having so much pressure on myself after making an enormous decision such as to move across the ocean from San Francisco not once but twice yeah to London um actually made me relax and enjoy the ride you know right yeah right 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 it just gives that completely different perspective doesn't it yeah totally breathe easier Love that. So that being the case, if you were giving a piece of advice to a young maverick starting out now, what would the advice be? Don't take yourself so seriously. That's the first thing. Right. You know, um, always be the bigger person. Always be the bigger person because uh, you'll go very far if you are. I truly believe if you can get out of your way, just get out of, get, get, move your ego aside and have empathy and see where that person's coming from. You, it, the gifts are tenfold. You know, don't take yourself so seriously. Have empathy, you know, and, um, and be more confident. Love that. Yeah. What are some of the, um, the challenges that you, I mean, you know, we're in un unusual times right now. I mean, I really do think it's an old, old Chinese curse, isn't it? May you live in interesting times. <laughs> I think we do. Yeah. Um, Given that, given the, these kind of people that are coming through, I mean, you know, you had millennials, but there's obviously Gen Z now coming through. What do you think are some of the challenges from your perspective for those generations? Uh, and what can they do about it? Well, I, I do think life is very, very different when you're living it through the lens of social media. I have to say, I'm I'm really glad as a, as a Gen Xer that that wasn't my generation. I think it's it's... It's difficult to see uh, images of that you might deem as perfection online. Uh, and I think that's hard. I think that sets us up to, for, again, the imposter, but this incredible comparison uh, of one another. And, and as I've said before, comparison is the thief of joy. I mean, I don't know who originally said that. Maybe it was Yeats, but Yeats. But um, it's, yeah, comparison is a thief of joy. So I think to hold steady and to um, to really learn to, if you can't love the gifts that you have, at least like the gifts that you have, yeah. and to and to hold steady. I think those are the the, the challenge will be the comparison, mm -hmm. I believe, and uh, and the speed at which we move, which is incredibly fast now, and um, and to remind yourself that uh, tomorrow's another day. Number one. But just hold steady. Hold yourself. Hold yourself as a gift. Those are hard things as a young person to even imagine. Yeah. You know, appreciate your difference. You don't need to look like Jack and Jill. You know, look like Sally. Look like Bobby. Right. Right. You know, right. just be. You know, be you. So, um, I'm I'm waxing poetically, but I think uh, I think to remind people to just enjoy the ride, enjoy themselves, ask questions, be curious, mm. turn towards the light, turn towards love, turn towards uh, tenderness, be kind. These are things that I really, really hope that I, I can take part in infusing that generation with, but also that they, they have that sense inside in a bigger way than and maybe my generation did. <laughs> I love the, um, one of the things you said just then I loved was um, the big curious piece. Um, that kind of almost 
not getting bogged down in what we believe, but kind of being more curious as to a situation or something like that. How how do we, from your point of view, how do we cultivate curiosity? Well, I think it, it, I think you need to expand your way of thinking, and say to yourself, okay, this is my way, but I wonder what your way is, and I wonder what his way is and her way is. Oh, what would one of my advisors tell me? You know, mm-hmm. so um, sit for a minute, hold your hold your thoughts as as a truism, but also be curious that someone else might have another add-on to that thought. Yeah, yeah. You know, be fluid, be flexible. Be flexible. I mean, we're we're not supposed to be rigid human beings. I don't think that's no, it. We're supposed yeah. to be able to to be malleable. Absolutely. You know? I remember being at a Sunday show at a workshop once, and, um, you know, it's all about intuition and all that kind of thing. And she get, one of the things that she gets everyone to do is get up and dance a lot. And a lot of people resist that. Personally, I love it. But her whole point is that for us to follow intuition and curiosity, we have to be movable. That's right. Malleable, movable. Quite literally, physically movable. Because yeah. if your intuition says, go there, do that, then you just stand rigid. Right. You just miss an opportunity, right? Yeah. So the great thing about surfing, and I use, the, I use surfing a lot uh, when I speak, and I use it as, as a teacher, is in surfing, you have very little control because this big blue ocean takes you over and you have to have enough commitment and enough confidence that you are going to be able to ride that wave. But you need to be fluid enough to take the wave where it's going to take you. You know, there's this great line in one of um, Pearl Jam songs uh, called Release where Eddie sings, I'll ride the wave where it takes me. Okay, chills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll ride the wave where it takes me. Where it takes me. Sorry, the, uh, again. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I think, through song lyrics. Yeah, yeah. Literally, yeah. and they just Absolutely. pop up. I don't know, but um, but that one has a lot of truth to it. Yeah, yeah, totally. But actually, the whole album does, but that's a different <laughs> thing entirely. So, um, we all have those times, don't we, when we get stuck. You know, we want to move forward, and it's something's just not jamming. It's just log jam. How do you get yourself unstuck? Oh my gosh! First, I have to have the real the realization that I'm stuck. Right. I, I have to realize that. Oh my God, I'm frustrated, and I've created it, or I haven't spoken up, or I haven't, uh, or I've assumed something that might not be true. Yeah. So I have to have the realization that I'm absolutely stuck, and most of the time it's in my own damn head. Right. 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 <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> I can relate. So, uh, so that's the biggest thing is, is thinking through it, and then um, if it's if it's something I don't think I can do on my own, I mean, ask for help. Right. Um, I when I look at. VaynerMedia, I, I see one of the gifts about VaynerMedia is that we're really so incredibly different, and um, we are we are as flat as we can possibly be. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in hierarchy. I believe in experience. Right. And I believe in being tenured because of that experience. Yep. But when I say to the um, the guys and girls out here, you know, it's okay. Go ask your boss what they meant by that. You don't have to assume. You assume, I mean, well, we know what the acronym yeah, means. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, 
you may be misguided. So, fig, you know, ask questions. Don't stay in that place of fear because I think sometimes being stuck for me uh, is a um, byproduct of being fearful of something. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so blast it. Ask questions. Be curious. Be curious. You know, the great thing about life, and I think the great thing at at this age is that I know I don't have all the answers, and I I rarely have the answer. Right. I might have advice. Right. Right, but you've right. got to go try on that, that that pair of trousers to see if it works for you. Totally, totally. It's that kind of thing, isn't there, that um, you're saying, if you name it, you claim it. I think in this case, yeah. fear is the word. I know uh, another agency have just had um, some of the facilitators from Brené Brown mm -hmm. in sort of been talking about vulnerability and admitting that you don't know how to do something. And, and it's sort of having this, just a very human but transformational effect in the agency. Because people are letting go of that need to look a certain way and asking questions. Yep. She's wonderful. Love I mean, man, oh, man, do I love her. What she's done for, I believe, the collective consciousness. Yep. Uh, this idea of being vulnerable and that vulnerability is an act of courage. Yes. Is remarkable. And it is, it is exactly what I believe we need to bring about more tenderness in this world. So talking about what we need in this world, the big, the big question, as it were, if there were no limitations, what one thing would you change about the world and what would be your first step to doing it? I would blast everyone with love and this idea of self-love. I would absolutely remove fear. And because I think the manifestation of fear is war. Mm -hmm. You're going to take my ground you don't believe in my religion. Uh, your skin is a different color than mine, so forth and so on. Right. I would blast everyone with love. I mean, that's so, God, it's so cliche, and I'm <laughs> pinching myself that it is. But um, to bring about that type of tenderness, which I think, I hope, would bring us back to community. Mm -hmm. Because the power of one is great, but the, the power of many is everything. And to be in community with each other is where we belong. Mm -hmm. We belong. Human beings are wired to belong. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Full stop. Great answer. So final question for you, Claude, and this is one I ask all my guests, and that is, what is the one question today that you haven't been asked that you would like to be asked, and what's your answer to it? <laughs> Drum roll. <laughs> um, so, to be a thousand percent honest with you, my fellow brother, um, I am rarely, rarely asked about pain in my life. Okay. I'm rarely, rarely asked about my journey through whatever trials and tribulations that happened to me. And they happen to everyone. Yes, of course. Um, so the answer is a long-winded one, and I, I'll pause for the next time we meet. Okay. <laughs> but uh, there's, there's, a, there's a reason that I shine this way. You know, there's a, there's a yeah. reason uh, my life has taken this turn in many ways, and right. it's because of my past. Mm -hmm. My lessons, pain, 
joy, things that I've gone through, things that I've overcome. And we all have that journey. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I would never, I would, if I had to do it again, of course I would do things differently. Of course. But, um, but gosh, they've made me who I am and they've made me be able to be as empathetic as I, as I believe I am and as I always want to be, you know. Love that. What a great way to finish. Claude Silver, thank you so much. This has been an amazing conversation. Thank you. Uh, Mavericks, I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have because this has been an absolute privilege. We will uh, see you on the Mavericks podcast next time and bye for now. Hey, don't go yet. Listen up. Did you get something meaningful out of this episode? Well, the most meaningful thing you can do right now is to go and leave a review on iTunes because those reviews are what keep us here. And please make sure to share and subscribe. Finally, are you unleashing your superpowers? Well, if so, show us on Instagram with the hashtag Mavericks Unlimited and we'll see you over there. And with that, thanks very much for listening to the Mavericks Unlimited podcast at mavericksunlimited.com and bye for now.